1: From the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tuttle and Coulter Nuñez. Tell you what, uh, Tommy's doing you a big birthday favor there, playing you that Dave Matthews, and oh, I know man. that, if I may say, struck a chord.
0: Oh, buddy, I, I was, I was, uh, I was having all sorts of feelings last night because I was listening to "Before These Crowded Streets." In my opinion, the best Dave Matthews album, which this. Great song is from. Um, I started this project during the quarantine. Was not able to finish it before quarantine was over because it is a uh, much more strenuous (laughs) undertaking than I expected. I found, I located, and have now began to organize and categorize all of my baseball cards.
1: So my mother's basement,
0: my mother's basement is an array of baseball cards, but. Not just baseball. Baseball, football, basketball, crazy. I, I can't even tell you some of the cards that I have. I mean, it's, it's unreal. And it's pretty thrilling, like, looking them all up on the Internet and being like, whoa, that one's worth a bunch of money. That one's worth a bunch of money. I'll, I'll bring one in for you to, sh- to see that uh, next week. Um, found my, my 1980 Magic Johnson rookie card. Looked it up on the Internet. 500 bucks. Coulter. Sell. I know. Anyways, I was just having so much nostalgia thinking about all these former baseball players. I used to love how much I used to love baseball, but also feeling so sad that probably Dave Matthews canceled his Dave Matthews Band canceled their entire tour for 2020. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be back till 2021. So I'm going
1: to have to have a withdrawal from my my grateful Dave weekend. This is so disappointing. uh, Amid all of this that's going on, it seems to me that concerts. Will be the last thing that can possibly come back, right? right. Because that's, I mean, how do you socially? You can, you know, the sports thing is already, maybe you could do a weird thing where it's, you know, 25% capacity and there's so many seats in, between. but on, you know, at a concert, no, like, no, no, you right. can't do totally. it. So I, 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 I don't know, man. It's, it's, that is, uh, continues to be a major loss uh, as we go. Coulter, let's talk about the National Football League, shall you? It's it's Two-Tail Nuwanis, 1029 ESPN Radio, online, 1029ESPN.com. You can listen live on the stream anytime you would like to. It's live all the time, thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And if you want to call 361-3688, all the guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. The podcast also available wherever you get your podcast. You can check that out. The podcast, Two-Tail Nuwanis podcast, just search it. It's that simple. And then when you get there, subscribe then you got it all the time and just be available to you rate review we appreciate that all the people listening on the podcast right now shout out to you appreciate you it's brought to us by blackfoot colt you said we're, we're, we're we're post draft now in the nfl Uh, There's still some free agency questions out there. In fact, Logan Ryan sounds like he's going to be not a Tennessee Titan anymore as of today. So an interesting development there. Obviously, you know, Cam Newton is not on a football team among a number of other guys that are that are yet unsigned that we assume will be at some point. But broadly speaking, we can take a look at at projections and rosters and expectations and say, well, who's going to be good? Who's going to be not as good next year? And here's what I want to do because the easiest thing to do is take teams that were bad and say they got room to grow and they're right. going to be better, and teams that were right. good are going right. to be like, well, of course they're going to regress.
0: For example, the Baltimore Ravens had the best record in the NFL last year at 14 and two. That would be low hanging fruit to say the Ravens are not going to go 14 and two, even though they might just be just as good. They might just go 13
1: and three. That's not what well, we're going for. And and if they and they're on my list. I mean, they won their last 12 games in a row. I mean, they were two and two, and then they right. didn't lose again right. until they lost.
0: Right. Uh, but, and, I, and, I should, and I should I should, backtrack a bit because I don't want to say that that's actually that much a low-hanging fruit just because that sort of example would be. But I actually think the Ravens are an interesting one because no one knew how to defend Action right. Jackson. You know everybody's sitting in the room right now. Everybody's devising a game plan. How are we going to hit this kid? How are we going to hit him and hit him and hit him
1: again? So I'm going to take – here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a team that was good last year mm-hmm. that I think will – Sort of regress at some level, mm-hmm. and a team that was bad last year, or at, at least eight five hundred or worse, that's going to be worse. And when I say worse, I mean significantly so. What to you is a major jump forward or a major jump a step backward in the NFL? Uh, I think three less is it, wins. Is, is it three, three three to four? Yeah. See, I, I I thought it was maybe two to three. You say three to four. So let's say three. Okay, yep, that yep. we that we're, we we would project. Um the the team that I thought was the was the good team last year that I could see being 3 games worse than they were a year ago and you know that I just just hate the fact that I'm honest on the radio the Green Bay Packers could be to me a 10 win team. I don't think they'll be 9 wins or worse, but I I I don't think they'll be better than 11. So I think they went 13 and 3 last year. I don't think they got substantively better. They got they got so much better last season with Smash Amos and and, and Smith, uh, you know, coming in and shoring up that defense. They didn't do much of that. We know about their draft pick, which appears to be a draft pick for the future in the first round. Okay, they go running back tight end in rounds two and three. That's all well and good. But in relation to, you know, the rest of the league i don't think they kind of jumped in to continue to progress forward in the here and now they're still going to be a good team they're a very good team they got a, a very good offensive line great quarterback and a, a still a solid defense but i don't think they're i certainly don't think they're going to win 13 games and i could easily see this team being 10 and 6 next year i would be surprised if they don't make the playoffs the 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 nfc north for all the times that it's been pretty good the last couple of years I don't know. I mean, are the Bears good now? I don't think the no. Bears are that good. The Lions are not good. I, I don't. And think the Vikings are sort of vacillating. They're trying to refine themselves. They're really having a lot of turnover on defense. So I think that that division is up for grabs. And to me, Green Bay is still the best team in the division. So I expect them to be good next year and to to go to the playoffs. But thirteen and three is an exta- outstanding regular year. They went to the NFC Championship game. I don't think they're that good this next season.
0: I think one of the most prominent trends that maybe the mainstream media does not sell the NFL fan base that is one of the most fascinating trends to me is how new is innovative and innovative is tough, but once it becomes neither new nor innovative, teams fall back down to earth. In other words, Matt Nagy, year one, was good with the Bears and then wasn't with basically the same guys. Sean McVay. Sean McVay, year one, great, not as good. That's the the biggest hurdle Green Bay is going to have to mm-hmm. jump over is Matt LaFleur, year two, is he as good? Right. A- are they as good? It, it, it's a huge hurdle because that's the whole thing with the NFL is when, when you have innovative things that you're running, teams, it's only a matter of time. O- only one guy in the last 10 years has stayed ahead of the curve. That's Bill Belichick. Besides that, everybody else, you just get better at what you do and you you master what you do and you add different upgraded talent level to what you do.
1: But a lot of times it's really hard to stay ahead of the curve. And I would just like – the reason I offer you the Packers, I could. there's a number – a lot of teams that were 11, 12, 13 win teams last year, but the Chiefs, 12 and 4, I mean, there's no way they're going to go 9 and 7. The, right. The the Baltimore Ravens, 14 and 2, are they, are they going to win 11 games? I mean, it's reasonable they could only go 11 and 5 next year, but sure. I think they're going to be very good. New England, 12 and 4. They're not going 9-7 and seven with the defense they don't I, don't. I don't care who's playing quarterback. So so I think they're, you know, the in oh, San Francisco and New Orleans, they both went 13-3. and three. I think they're both better, frankly, than the Green Bay Packers are. I mean, the, the 49ers proved it handily in the NFC Championship game. And even though the, the Saints lost, I think the Saints are, I mean, I still think the Saints are, frankly, the top of the NFC. To me, I think they're the they're they're the team I would pick today to win the conference. Projecting out that far, so I I go when so top level teams that are that are set to take a step back. That's that's why I get there. Who who do you have? Well, I I
0: do agree that the Saints. I thought the Saints were the most complete team in the league going into the playoffs last year. Yeah. Also, though, I'm still worried about Drew Brees because. It, they, they've they evolved their offense so much. But, I, I, I mean, my brother and then my best friend both had the same injury Drew Brees had, and it doesn't get better, it gets worse because of the surgery you have to have to repair that. I guess it's a growth, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I can't, but the part of his
1: the thumb, the pad of his thumb, the, part, the yeah.
0: thumb thing that he broke, It gets after you have surgery, you can be good for the first little while, but then you start to get massive arthritis and it affects your ability to grip. And I just wonder how Drew Brees is going to mitigate it. If there's anybody that knows how to mitigate that kind of stuff, it's him, no question. Yeah. And they have,
1: I mean, a couple dudes. A couple,
0: gosh, all you got to do is throw the ball to number 13 and get out the (laughs) way. I mean, Michael Thomas (laughs) is the biggest freak in the league. Yeah. Um, but I do think they have a chance, maybe to, to be a game or two worse if if there's lingering of effects from that injury. I don't, uh, but I but I also think that they're really solid. Okay, uh, teams that I I wrote down three teams I thought could be better, two teams I thought could be worse, and a team that I think has a giant question mark. So my teams that I think are going to be better: number one, the Indianapolis Colts. They went seven to nine a year ago. I'm not so sure that I'm fully in on Philip Rivers the talent, but I am on, all in on Phillip Rivers, the leader. Right. Add him behind that outstanding offensive line, one of the best offensive lines in the league. Yeah. Marlon Mack emerged as one of the top six or eight running backs in the, in the NFL last year, but now he's got relief with Jonathan Taylor, which I, I thought was a phenomenal draft pick. They already have great receivers led by T.Y. Hilton, but then you add Michael Pittman, I mean, I think that's a great pick, and they have, they're pretty darn salty on defense as well. I love Darius Leonard. I think he's one of the best leaders in the league. So I think they have a chance to jump not only because of their roster improvements,
1: but I also think that the Houston Texans are one of the teams that could be worse. See, that that that's my second double-digit win team that I go, I mean, I I think seven is a reasonable, that's probably what I'd guess for them, but right. if they went four or five and whatever, right. it wouldn't shock, the only reason I would pick them to go seven is because they got Deshaun Watson, who I think is He's great. I love, I love. What's his mind?
0: What's his mindset going to be? I mean, you just traded his best friend, his college teammate, and one of the three best receivers in the league. And who did they get? Did they get Randall Cobb? I got Randall Cobb and David Johnson basically for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, not good. What? You know, that's, and that's another reason. Not only do I think the Colts had a great offseason, but I also think that everybody else in that division, that's that's the
1: division that didn't improve more than any other division, I think. See, this is where I'm, this isn't one of the teams I'm picking to get to take a huge step forward, but I think Tennessee is is right there because when what happened? They went from Mariota to Ryan Tannehill, and when Ryan Tannehill, they went nine and seven. But with Tannehill, they were like six and two or something like that. And For then sure. you know, went, we know they went deep in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to go to another AFC Championship game, but I am saying I think that is a a ten or eleven win team. You know, uh, uh, when they have. When they're when they're set and ready to go, like I know that they are. The
0: only reason I worry about it though is because you could post all the Twitter videos you ever wanted about Derrick Henry bench pressing 500 pounds, and he's the I mean he's the biggest house that the league has seen since Jerome Bettis. Yeah, he's a ticking time bomb. It does not matter how big you are, man. If you get 400 carries back to back years in the NFL, you are gonna get hurt. It's a matter of time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they feed him and feed him and feed yes, him. They do. And I just wonder. I mean, these are the things that aren't sold. Uh, everybody always talks about the quarterbacks and the skill position players. Just like Mark Schlereth was saying in his, he, he was doing a little TikTok or I guess like little zoom once offs on Twitter. And it's like, he was saying everybody in the league can do all these things where they change teams, they change positions, but you, no one ever talks about the continuity and talent that you have on the offensive line. Jack Conklin is not there anymore. That's a huge deal. He's one of the best tackles in the league. Mm-hmm. Signed with the Browns. How do you book in Taylor Lewan? Who's one of the best players in the league? Right. Just one move on the offensive line can cause the chemistry to change. How does that help out Derrick Henry? I mean, again, everybody's always wanting to talk about. Oh, they upgraded from Mariota to Tannehill. Well, also though, Derrick Henry led the league in rushing. One because he's a stud, but two because they have one of the best offensive lines yes. in the league. It's yeah. a huge deal. So I just think that I I, I agree with you. I, I like Tennessee a little bit more. I would pick Tennessee to finish above the Texans, but I do think that the Colts made the biggest moves in that division. The other two teams that I have that I think could make a big jump, one is easy, Tampa Bay. Um,
1: That's the low-hanging fruit of the mediocre or bad teams that are going to be much better, it feels like, right? Yes.
0: Right. And I mean, everybody knows the reasons why.
1: Sure. sure.
0: And then the other one is the Cardinals.
1: I love love it. Yeah, I totally agree. So
0: I think the Cardinals have talent on defense, and I think that the, the Cardinals... They had such an interesting reputation last year when you were listening to the scuttle around the league and what people were saying when they were preparing for them. And then after they played them, too. I mean, Pete Carroll had a couple comments about it. The Cardinals were 5'10 to 1 last year. But everybody afterwards was like, we don't want to play them again because they got some nasty guys on defense, but they also have this crazy guy on offense who, I mean, Kyler Murray to me is the biggest anomaly in the NFL because. He could just go off. I mean, he, he could straight up. I mean, who knows? If, if he actually hits it and they get in a rhythm running that college style offense with him, they could light
1: people up. You know, I think one of the best things that happened to Kyler Murray last year was Lamar Jackson. For sure. Lamar Jackson is, is, cannot miss football. I mean, I, I there, there's nothing better to me than watching Lamar Jackson. But the only reason that title doesn't isn't on Kyler Murray is because he's doing it. But Kyler Murray is here's Lamar Jackson, nobody's faster than Lamar Jackson. Or as slippery. Or as slippery. Kyler Murray's got a way better arm though. Better arm and and he his quick twitch, like his his zero to step two is there's nobody faster. Like his his get in, get out, like the shortstop style of what he is, the baseball player of what he is. Is absolutely unbelievable. So Lamar Jackson is the best runner in foot in well. There's no comp for him, okay. But Kyler Murray is 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 in is the only one who's in the conversation in some way in that respect. And you're absolutely right. His arm, I mean, it's it's so weird to watch him throw a football because of how, how the the ball actually looks big in while well, he's holding it. And yet it just it just launches. So it's I'm with you on that. Here's the one for me of a bad team last year that I think has an opportunity to get significantly better. You know I'm gonna do it to you. The Cleveland Browns. I mean, the Cleveland Browns have all the talent to do it. They lost, obviously, Miles Garrett for the last six games of last year. The Norm is Stefanski, the former Minnesota Vikings coordinator have him i will okay all i'm saying is is that they went six and ten last year there was obviously a whole bunch of stuff that went way wrong and freddie kitchens was not prepared to be a head coach he was not period so and but Particularly by the way, not prepared to be a head coach of that team with those divas and i'm not going to sit here and be revisionist about this when they went with freddie Kitchens, i was like let's get outside the box i like it it also and and we said this at the time has the chance to go the other direction and you know what that's exactly what it did exactly. it went the other direction now they get you know a guy who's again a young coach I think first time head coach but has has the resume rather than just being moved up because your quarterback likes him or whatever is it going to be the right choice probably not why because it's the Cleveland Browns but you know what I, there's a when you talk about there is no level of talent that's greater with with the potential to do more uh, in terms of uh, a progression from last season than the Cleveland Browns. So I'm going to still I'm going to go with that.
0: The biggest issue for me with the Browns is not their talent, it's the managing of their
1: Everything. volatile
0: personalities.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I think Baker Mayfield's got a chance, but he's going to have to have somebody that slaps him around. He's got, if Baker Mayfield could play for like Bruce Arians, man, or somebody like that a quarterback guru who could say, Hey, kid, we need you to be confident but not too confident we need mm-hmm. you to get it locked in but not Baker mayfield to me is one of the most volatile guys that you could have on your team because if he's balling, you're gonna follow him mm-hmm. if he's not, you're gonna tell him, shut your mouth you know yep. it, it, he has a chance to be a locker room divider, but that's just his personality and you have to if you're all in with him you already made him the number one pick, yep so you got to manage it, but I, I I just I think the Browns are really risky. But I do agree from a talent standpoint, they should be right there. Especially because Pittsburgh's taking a step back in that division. I don't think Cincinnati's going to be any good. So I mean, I, I agree the Browns should be knocking on the door, but who knows? I don't know if they're gonna. Okay, I I got, I got one more bad, and then I got a question for okay.
1: you. Okay, because we got I, I want to do a bad team that I think is going to be just awful too. So okay, okay. So well, I
0: got a, I got a team that I think is is not going to be as good. Okay, the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Mm. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think you're probably right. I don't know that they're a seven and nine team. You think they're going to go under 500? I don't think they will. Uh, I think that Dalvin Cook is a ticking time bomb as well, just because of, I don't know, the way that he runs. I mean, any running back is a ticking time bomb. It it is. It's true. He's, He's, he, he's only played a season and a half of football in the NFL. I mean, I think he's good to go. I think, I think Minnesota's going to be okay. I don't know that they're going to be a 10-win team, so that's that's fine. I'm with you. You ready for a team? But the, I mean, the reason I say that is is not only because they lose a
0: bunch of talent on defense. Mm-hmm. They're going to be playing a bunch of young guys in the secondary. But more than anything, I just think that <laughs> – I hate to sound like a broken record, man, but the Kirk Cousins thing its make or break. It's either going to work or it's not, and I just don't think it's going to. Yeah. Uh,
1: here, Here's the team I think uh, that uh, – could be that, that wasn't good last year and could be awful this year could be like a number one pick scenario the New York football Jets they were seven and nine last year I think Sam Darnold has shown that he is an okay young quarterback but he is not even in the conversation of like some of the guys over a year ahead or a year behind that he's come into the league with like he just isn't there at all and which is crazy because when he was 19 years old beating Penn State uh, in I the Rose bowl. I thought he was coming, man. Sure, sure. Well, and and it's not he's not bad. Like I'm not saying he's He's got talent. Saying, I'm not saying he's a bust. No, he's got talent. And I think honestly a lot of this is about being a jet. Like you're playing football in New York where Robbie Anderson was your best passing option. Yeah, that, that's an issue. And, and and he's gone for the record. Well, they signed
0: Jameson Crowder, and Rashad Perryman who are but no by by no means like world beaters, but th- those guys
1: are better than Robbie Anderson. Uh, well, I'm not so sure. I mean, Robbie Anderson is actually all right, but they have Le'Veon Bell. He obviously did what you expected him to do, which was not much. When there's no other options but him on the team, Adam Gase is he? You know, has there ever been somebody who's who's had you know more run as a head? I mean, there have been, but re- you know, recently who's a head coach now that has done less? I mean, what what did he ever accomplish in Miami? Nothing. What has he done now in New York? Nothing. So I think the Jets, you know, I think the Jets are a bad football team, man, and I think that the the Bills are better the New England Patriots are still going to be good, and the Dolphins are better. So in their division, they're easily fourth out of four. They're easily fourth out of four. So I think they're coming way back to New York Jets, I don't think they're going to be any good. Okay, my question Kay. for you.
0: Yes. The San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. 13-3 last year. Yeah. NFC champions. Yeah. Lost the Super Bowl. I think that on one hand... From a personnel standpoint, they got even better. They drafted who they, they drafted a great receiver, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah. They drafted the kid from Arizona State, who will be a great complement mm-hmm. to Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne. They have a lot of talent at the skill positions. They still have the the four hundred monster running back, and when you add in Jarek McKinnon to that as well, I mean that could make them really really good there. The offensive line. Gets even better with the addition of
1: Trent Williams? Well, they, they get Trent Williams, but they, they get Trent Williams because of the retirement of uh, Joe Staley. Of Joe Staley. And they don't so, have
0: Mike Person, Glenn yeah. Dive's finest. Yeah. But Trent Williams is one of the great tackles in uh, in the league the last 10 or 12 years. Does he have any gas left in the tank? We'll see. I think he does. But I, I but, but, say- then you, but then you look at their defense, too, though. I mean, the rich only get richer, right? They were nasty on defense last year. And then they get the second-best interior defensive lineman in the draft yeah, in Javon Kinlaw. So I, I just I think that talent-wise, they have a chance to really take the next step. But a lot of what they were doing this last year was sort of that new thing that people are going to try to clamp down on. That said, though, it's not nearly as gimmicky because it's just ground-to-pound zone blocking, run the ball down your throat. But then there's also the factor of just the tangible, the, the Super Bowl hangover.
1: Sean McVay is in the absolute prove it to me coach. He's so young, man. He's going to be. I think he's going to be a very good coach for a lot of years. And I'm not saying he's going to do 20 years with the Los Angeles Rams or whatever, but he's he's a he's a lifer. He's very good. Kyle Shanahan though is a proven commodity to me as a head coach. I th- I peg him because I'm a genius like this as a young Andy Reed. You talked about what's the hardest thing to do as a head coach is not have the game pass you by. And almost all of them do. Right. Andy Reed has not. Okay. Good point. When you talk about offensively, certainly. And he is, he's been at this a long time and Kyle Shanahan certainly has not. And the other thing is Kyle Shanahan is a brilliant game, uh, uh, play caller. He's, you know, obviously scheme wise, what they build up. It's, it's great, but also, it's not just the next new thing. It's running the dang football. It's the it's the zone blocking scheme and just being great at it. And and not like the key to being a great offense. There's a lot of things, right? But if you can do something that the other team knows is coming, no matter what it is, and still do it successfully, no question. You're that's that's all you need. It's, well, it's, it's, it's easier just like, said than it's just done. Just like when you
0: can rush the passer from every every all four spots on the defensive line and don't ever have to blitz.
1: It's so. They have the most brilliant model in the league. It's so interesting to me because I forget who their uh, uh, defensive coordinator is. Great looking guy, model quality face and bod. But the the key to me on all this is that you got the the offensive savant in Kyle Shanahan, who knows what he's doing, and you got the defensive savant as your general manager in John Lynch, who is. Who 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 was on a Super Bowl winning defense, and when I say that with emphasis, right? It was the defense that got Tampa Bay their Super Bowl, not you know the offense complementary to that. He his Rob Slay is he, the uh, defensive coordinator. Rob Slay, and by the way, who deserves all the credit in the world too? I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is clearly John Lynch. He knows what what it looks like to go out there and be dominant defensively. And guess what, buddy? The San Francisco 49ers are that. And this is this is my question back to you if we could do back and forth on this. I don't even know if I answered your question. Did I?
0: I mean, are the Niners going to be the, – are they the favorites oh, in the right. NFC?
1: I still think that, that the Saints, barring Drew Brees' thumb, are the favorites in the NFC. Part of the reason I say that is because they were in the Super Bowl last year, and like you said, it's so hard to get back to that. But if you – I think the San Francisco 49ers are built to be good for a long time. Right or two. And the, the only hesitation I have in saying that is that I've said that about so many teams that just – like it just kind of fell off so quickly. But I, this feels like a team that's going to be in there for the long haul, and they probably have the right two guys, two young guys in their respective positions, GM and head coach, to be that. Um, my question, though uh, – uh, well now it's gone of course it is so okay anyway we're sitting there talking about the the the, the 49ers and if they're going to be any good next year i think they're going to be good for for many years to come and and that doesn't mean though that they're going to like the, the saints last year I, I keep harping on it. they were the best team in the nfc as far as i'm concerned and they lost to the Kirk Cousins-led Vikings in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, only thing he's ever done during that money. This is the beautiful thing about the postseason, man, is that that this is where you sit here and you go, okay, well, it's a one-game thing now. And even though we think we know how things are going to go, we don't know, you know? And and that was an example of that. So sometimes stuff has to fall your way. I mean, if, if San Francisco played New Orleans in the NFC championship game or maybe it would have been the second round of cuz cuz that's why cuz New Orleans was a 13 and 3 team that had to play the wild card round which was crazy. Uh you know, however that would have shaken out, that would have been a great game. I mean, I hate to say it, but the Packers 49ers <laughs> NFC championship game wouldn't much to watch.
0: Of the uh of the three just, well, I guess the uh, to me there was just four just trash teams last year. Yeah. The Bengals, the Giants, the Redskins, and the
1: Lions. Okay, yeah. Nobody better than four wins. I thought the Giants showed a couple little signs. One of those yeah. four
0: have a chance to be better. The Giants?
1: Yeah, between the Giants, Washington, the, the Lions, and who? The Bengals. I think the Bengals could be better. I mean, they're going to... They Okay, we talk about Joe Burrow, but also how about A.J. Green, who is presumably coming back, wasn't there all year last year, Okay. And so I I think the Bengals could be could be significantly better though yeah, I don't think they're going to be though. good but I think the New York Giants are are in a position to to improve to take another step young quarterback obviously Saquon Barkley all that
0: If Saquon Barkley just dies a slow death in New York it's seriously going to make me so mad You
1: know I know me too but that just doesn't I, I understand what you say about the passing on of the torch generation to generation, NFL ownership and so on, but the, the Giants, they are they will figure it out one way or another. They will figure it out. Speaking of the Bengals, by the way, tomorrow, in the ESPN Roundtable, Wednesday, 5 o'clock, Colt Anderson, who is a uh, special teams analyst for the Cincinnati Bengals, will be on a show live tomorrow afternoon, obviously a nine-year NFL vet. Former Montana Grizzly and uh, looking forward to have uh, Colt back on the show, especially in his new capacity and his new role as he's you know officially retired from the NFL and now into the coaching side of things. Pretty cool. So look forward to having uh, him on the show uh, tomorrow as well. Take a quick break. Who's the best basketball player in the history of basketball? The answer is obvious, and there is no doubt and anybody who thinks there's an argument about it is wrong. Travis DeCure says so. I agree with him. We'll tell you who next.
2: At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more.
1: We'll start talking now. It's Two Tel New England, <laughs> 1029 ESPN radio. Welcome back. Glad to be with you on this fine Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're having a, a great day. Culture, you having a great day? It's your birthday.
0: I mean, we're playing one of the greatest songs ever written on two Nuan is for
1: the first time ever, so <laughs> at Skyline Sports MT, if you would like to respond to that comment. At Gus Tutel, if you would like to respond to something rational. And at 102.9 ESPN, just for fun. Uh, Coulter, earlier uh, today, if you weren't with us in the the first hour of the show, uh, you can check out the podcast, by the way, and listen to uh, a significant amount of sound from Montana head men's basketball coach Travis DeCure i'll be there on the podcast for you but uh there was a zoom press conference uh with travis decure this is the first sort of press media uh uh, availability sort of that's happened in this post basketball season and uh you know quarantined social distancing scenario that we're all in and so it was uh, great to talk to coach uh and we covered a number of things we spent the first segment talking about strictly montana basketball and those aspects of it but Anyone who loves basketball, and particularly, I think this is great, because Travis DeCure, 91-92, you know, that's when he's doing it for the Montana Grizzlies right there in the the early 90s when a lot of the stuff that we're watching on the last dance was unfolding. Obviously, the last dance is specific to the 97-98 season, the final uh, of the six championship seasons for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, But Coach DeCure was asked, is Michael Jordan – the best, or who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Who's the GOAT? No doy. Here's the answer. Keep talking. That's Was that the signal for keep talking? Okay. Tommy's in there finding it. He will have it for us here in just a second as he looks the thing up. I mean, I've built the thing up. We all know what he's going to say. We've already said the last answer. We've already said when Coach DeCure was playing, and he's already said the right answer. Now, I know that you are not 100% on board with this answer, but I wait. But don't. And I'm not going to throw you under the bus here. Okay, it's your birthday. I'm trying to be nice to you. I want to lift you up a little bit.
0: Thanks. Sorry, I've turned off Creed. I have your sound ready. now.
1: Okay, that's great. Okay, but I will tell you, Coulter. It's not an open conversation like you think it is. Okay, here we
3: go. Who's the best of all time? It's not even open for discussion. Um, you know, it, it's you. you the newbies, they can make their arguments with guys that they're seeing because it's, it's, it's always what have you done for me lately. And if you haven't seen him perform live, you, you don't know what you're missing. But if you watch the last dance closely and you see what he went through to get to the top, um, you know, you know I watched an Oprah Winfrey interview he did back with Charles Barkley and he talked about how the game was changing um, in terms of endorsements, and, and guys are signing multi-million dollar endorsement deals before they play one NBA game, and how you know back in the '80s you had to earn those endorsements, um, and it's just there was so much earned before he was given the crown, uh, and the guys that he had to take it from, there, there were guys on Mount Rushmore that he had to take the crown from. These guys aren't competing with anybody that's on, on Mount Rushmore, and so there's a big difference, you know, in we, we say the game's change changed in terms of physicality, but not talent. Um, you know, you, you look at that Boston team. He scored 49 on and came back with 63. You got five Hall of Famers in the starting lineup, uh, one of which won a championship in Seattle. So I, I was watching that group very closely back then. And I just think he went through a lot of Hall of Famers to get to the top. And, you know, there's a lot of stories. Everybody's got their stories of their their moment of realizing how good he actually was, and they all experienced it. And to hear those guys still say the same thing after what they've watched with basketball after, um, I think there's no question he's the goat. If if Mike if Magic if Magic Johnson and Charles Barkley say he's the goat, he's the goat. Goat. Let's go. I mean,
1: I've wanted to say it, not wanted to say it. I have said it for 20 years. He's the greatest of all time. But all it took, Coach Secure, was two minutes and then he got it right like he just said all the things that i've never really been able to express the way that i wanted to i mean i did tell you at the beginning of this thing and i'm not saying it's changed your mind and he's he makes he's very confident about his answer and i think he makes a great argument one that i'm predisposed to there's other arguments to be had i understand that but i did say at the beginning of this i said i think that the last dance is going to change and or cement in a lot of people's minds the legacy and the position of Michael Jordan I think that is happening I think it is happening
0: to me it's completely changing my opinion on it all because it's solidifying that Michael Jordan is the most ruthless competitor the NBA has ever seen and absolutely the greatest winner he is he changed the narrative of at least a dozen, maybe even more, Hall of Fame players' careers. I mean, Patrick Ewing's one of the 25 greatest players of all time. Yeah. He got nada because of Michael Jordan. Clyde Drexler was drafted ahead of Jordan, and that wasn't a bad pick at the time. Clyde Drexler— well, he, he was drafted the year before. I, oh, it was the year before. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, right, yeah. you're right, you're right, you're
1: right, you're right. Right,
0: and that's why Portland— Which is ahead. But, that's, but that's why Portland drafted Sam Bowie Sam because Bowie. they had yeah. Clyde Drexler. Yeah. Regardless— Clyde Jackson never got his because Michael Jordan took it from him. Right. But it's also made me... Think- Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley, don't question. Uh, call Malone, John Stockton. Magic didn't get another one. Magic didn't get another one, certainly. It's also made me really think that so much of what we determine greatness as has to do with your performance, your personality, your moment in time, all the exterior factors around you as well. And so to me, after... We're no, I know we're not done with the last dance, but after watching this, I think it's it's just fine and, and, in fact, accurate to consider Michael Jordan the greatest basketball player and one of the greatest athletes in the history of America. But I also think that there's other... I think that we could consider a group of guys because of the all the exterior factors. I mean... The The Bill Simmons Book of Basketball podcast on Bill Russell, it's just a 25-minute monologue that Bill Simmons did. And he basically wrote it and he just reads it out loud. He just narrates what he had written about yeah. Bill Russell. And Michael Jordan is a ruthless competitor, an unbelievable player, who, because of his ability to drag guys along with his competitive nature, made everybody around him better. But in a lot of ways, he was doing it all himself. He had all these guys supporting him because he was driving the, the car. But listening to that Bill Simmons podcast, in terms of what it represents to be a true leader in team sports, there's absolutely no one better than Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. No one. And you wonder, you know, if Bill Russell wasn't a, a black player playing in a white league when the league wasn't even on TV, what would people think? I mean, my uncles, my mom is the youngest in her family, and she has three brothers, and they're all much older, and they're all in their late 60s to early 70s. And they have texted me after listening to our podcast and stuff. I said, you guys can talk all you want, but Bill Russell Mm -hmm. needs to be mentioned at least. 11 11 rings in 13 years is is (laughs) impossible to beat. (laughs) But it's not just that, though. It's that Bill Russell, every year he would decipher what they had on their team, and he would say, okay, we got Sam Jones. He's going to be our our go-to ISO score. We got Bob Cousy. He can run the fast break. I just get the ball up to him. He'll do it for us. We, you know, we got Tommy Heinsohn and John Havlicek and, and on down the line. These guys can do these things. And he would determine what what everybody could do. And they said, "Okay, me at the time, arguably the best player in the NBA. I'm going to do everything you guys aren't going to do, and I'm not going to ask for any of my own." That's amazing. Mm-hmm. To have that level of centeredness is amazing. Mm-hmm. I also think that it's so interesting because the magnetism of certain guys' personalities makes their championships resonate a little bit more than other guys. I was thinking about this with the the, the Isaiah Thomas bad boys Pistons. Those teams are amazing. Those teams beat the Celtics and the Lakers and and the and Jordan's Bulls back to back titles. They don't get any love because they came between because 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 Isaiah Thomas was not Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan or Larry Bird. That's it. Yeah, he's one of 15 best players of all time. He doesn't get any love because he wasn't those guys and because Jordan hated him and made sure he didn't get on the dream team. So he doesn't get the international exposure. Right. But I mean, Chuck Daly and I mean, those teams are amazing. They're so good. It's very similar to like the Duncan Spurs because they never strung together like that true. Bam, bam, bam dynasty. It was five championships over the span of 12 years. Right. The longevity is impressive, but no one ever was like, "Man, the Spurs are still building that dynasty." We just knew that it was the dyna- It was like this ever-present, but non-truly dominant dynasty, not right?
1: it right? Right. You don't go the Spurs of the. I mean, you could say the Spurs of the aughts or whatever, sure. but right? But it's not like right. Whatever. Uh, their first championship was in a lockout-shortened
0: season. You know. Th- then they had. They're they're on the heel. They're. They're on the heels of the Kobe Shaq Lakers. Yeah. I mean, that Pistons team in 04, too. They kind of got swallowed up because they were not the Kobe Shaq Lakers, right? They they beat the, the 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 collaboration of Lakers old guys, right? They beat the Gary Payton, Carl Malone Lakers. So they just they don't get enough credit for how good of a team they were, too. Yeah. But that's here and there. I guess my point is that Michael Jordan absolutely deserves all the credit that he's that is. This documentary is affirming for him. Mm-hmm. I think we just need to take into account that a lot of times the personality and things like that, it, it matters. It really does. No doubt. Michael Jordan, not only was he so great, he was able to play up in the moment, after the moment, and then 22 years later after the moment, how great he was.
1: Greatest of all time. Simple. Signed, sealed, delivered. It's 2TEL 1029 ESPN Radio. On the other side, Mike Tyson making a comeback and a 5-year-old buying a Lamborghini. How's this going to go? Tell you next.
2: At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more.
1: to tell my father in the age range of your uncles. Mm. I had just corrected you to your mother saying Bill Russell is the best of all time and immediately Coulter threw a bone to BR for crying out loud the MVP award is named after Bill. Fair point. I've been really
0: just all in on this basketball love story. This epic awesome documentary if people are really hungry for some hoops ESPN didn't promote this as much because this is when there was all sorts of live sports going on and they kind of just played it on random nights throughout the winter but if you got the ESPN plus go it's all there look at this documentary because it's awesome it touches on literally every element of basketball the evolution of all the the game from the 40s on through ABA NBA merger but one thing is that I have thought and I've thought this throughout the last dance too. There's some like overwhelming narratives that exist when it comes to the NBA and sometimes I think that they're a little bit exaggerated and that that happens over time. But there's this, there's one narrative that Wilt Chamberlain especially but Bill Russell to a certain extent as well just dominated because they were playing against a bunch of 6 foot 4 chuds and that's just not true. They certainly had physical superior advantages. I mean, who didn't? Will Chamberlain have a physical superior advantage over Will Chamberlain have physical superior advantage over guys right now? Still, I mean, he's one of the great stud athletes of all time. But it's not as if they're just playing backyard basketball. There was there was some guys that were definitely that would never even come close to making the NBA now. But there was also Willis Reed and Wes Unseld and. Artis Gilmore, and a bunch of dudes who are also seven feet tall who are great players that Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell were still feasting on. Yeah, And I think when you look at Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell's numbers, particularly Russell, when you look at his rebounding and blocks numbers, you say, well, you know, he was just playing against my six-foot-two neighbor. It's not that true. If you watch the film back, there's a couple things that – literally bill russell did that literally no one's ever been able to do he's dennis rodman as a rebounder except for way better way better at tracking down the ball he's also no question there's no question the best outlet passer of all time no one in the league even knew how to run a fast break bill russell's just grabbing that sucker and throwing it to bob Cousy, and out we go and they're just running teams on the ground i just i think that a lot of times history doesn't get enough reverence and That's the other thing that I've learned from watching The Last Dance and this basketball love story is that there's so many great, there's so many more really good players in the NBA right now, but the best dudes, straight up, the best dudes from 1960 on would still be the best dudes.
1: It's Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. If you missed anything in the show, you can listen on the podcast, the Two Tell Nuanas podcast, a very special birthday edition on the (laughs) Cinco de Mayo 33. What is that, like a golden thing, or is it just, I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, the podcast is available all the time. Search it, rate it, review it. We appreciate that. You can subscribe there. It's available thanks to Blackfoot. I got a question for you. Okay. So uh, one, of my,
0: one of my favorite things is to look at the, the dumb takes that a lot of national media guys do on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It just makes I me put see.
1: out some dumb takes over the weekend for the first time intentionally to see if people would believe them. Mm. And I was I was sort of... Sad and also a little worried about how many people did believe Ooh. my my Ooh. my takes that, that I was sincere. I guess is what I should say. Doug Anybody Gottlieb
0: go Doug Gottlieb set me on fire the other day. Yeah, he had a tweet about how <laughs> how Carl Malone was was uh, a, a, a would be a trash player this day and age. I, I'm beside myself that someone Clearly. could possibly think. But but I mean, how what what are you talking about? I, if you want to see the most consistent statistics in the history of the league, go look at Carl Malone's career statistics. He's twenty-eight and twelve for fifteen straight years.
1: I, I can't, I can't help you on this. I'm not going to be able to pacify you. I certainly agree with you. And
0: you I know, mean, do you agree when you're watching some of this old stuff? Though, like a lot of times, you know, when Dan, like Dan Marley, would never be guarding Michael Jordan in this day and age, right? Cause, I mean, because it would be someone more like Patrick Beverly or Kawhi Leonard, right? Well. S-
1: yeah, I mean, if you but, got Patrick Beverly or Kawhi Leonard or both, if sure you're the Clippers, sure. then that's probably who you guard Michael with, right? Yes. But
0: wh- and you know, when I'm watching those bad boys Pistons teams, like Bill La- Bill Laimbeer would not make the league, Rick Mahorn probably not, but then but but the other when I watch the other guys though, like Larry Legend would just be destroying people if if the three point shot was in vogue like it is now. Right. I mean, Larry Legend is is
1: averaging thirty five a game. Yeah. Uh, can I uh, steer this thing in a different direction Absolutely. for the last couple minutes here? Absolutely. You ready for this, Colton? Mm-hmm. A uh, a five-year-old kid Kay. in Utah, Ogden specifically, shout out Weber, shout out Big Sky Conference. So they're in Farmington now. Oh, are they? Yeah, they moved Because they moved offices, to their fancy right?
0: headquarters just right up the road.
1: Um, Wanted a Lamborghini. Kay. Wanted to buy a Lamborghini. Okay. His his mother, and I applaud her. Said no, <laughs> no, you cannot have a Lamborghini. Okay. An officer pulled over a car swerving all over the road. The five year old had stolen, taken, gotten the car, drove it down the. Hi- I think the highway. It was a highway patrolman. How? What? Five year old kid driving the parents' car. I will say there's a. Picture. Oh, so the parents had a Lamborghini. No, 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 no. No, took a car to drive to California to buy a Lamborghini. Oh, he, just a, said, any car. he said, I'm going. You don't want me to have a Lamborghini? I'm getting a Lambo. I'm out. <laughs> the parents evidently were at work. The He was left in the care of a sibling. I don't know the age of this sibling. I don't know that it matters because the responsibility between the ages of seven and and 15 are equal like your abilities increase but your interest decreases by year and so it comes out to a wash in any case he got the car the officer pulled him over thought he was pulling over an impaired driver which he was <laughs> <laughs> and uh evidently helped the youngster uh get the car in park shut the thing off and then they kind of tried to figure out how they could contact the parents, uh, there may be uh, some repercussions because it is a dangerous situation, certainly for the child and for other drivers on the highway. But I must say, all's well that ends well, I admire the gumption. And I will also say as a parent, this is this is going to be a trying next 12 years of the parent's life, 12, 13 years before they become adults or you know, presumably adults out on their own at the age of 18. Uh, evidently, by the way, the kid had $3.00. That's what he was going to use to go buy his Lamborghini. It's pretty good in California. I the fact that $3 he knew dollars, that California now. was the place. To, I mean, I gotta believe he could have just gone to Salt Lake. Like he could get one at Salt Lake. I would think. True. The other thing is, three dollars is not a lot of money t- necessarily. But he's five. How do you get three bucks? I, I got a five-year-old. She so don't have three dollars.
0: Are you kidding me? Don't you remember when I convinced your children that you and Tina had? Take it off and move to South America, and that we were gonna. That I was in charge. <laughs> and Alithia says it's fine. I'll, I cook. I, I'll cook the food, and I have. Her and, and she goes and pours out her piggy bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she yeah. was. She thought the quarter's were worth a dollar, but she said
1: she had something like hundreds of 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 quarters. I I hope it's. true. I mean, if you got a piggy bank, that's good. We got the piggy bank going. You know, all start the, sudden, the saving. The eye, sedan, all, right, all right. Well. Anyway. Support. Shout out to the five-year-olds trying to buy Lamborghinis and taking their parents' cars to do it. I'm amazed he got that thing going. I mean, that's impressive right there. Sit on the edge of the deal. Coulter. happy birthday. Good luck on your driving uh, in terms of, well, in general. You know, you can't see. I don't know how you even get on the road in general, but You do. Thirty-three years. Now the boys God bless
3: you. Lost, Thanks
1: for all the love, guys.
0: Boys like like girls 50 will 50 tomorrow, down, and girls, we'll see you tomorrow. It's want on see ESPN Radio. Lines
3: on the road just look like that.